ESPN. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Chad Moyer filling in for Susan Littlefield here today. We're being joined by Todd Holtman. He's a grain analyst at DTN. Todd, thanks for joining us here today. Uh, first things first, before we talk about some of the specifics in the market, let's just get a kind of a general overview of what happened here. Of course, earlier in the week, a fair amount of selling, especially in wheat and corn. It looks like wheat came back here a little bit today, a big bounce for the soy beans just give us a you know general comments 30,000 foot view what was kind of the storyline in the grains today yes well thanks for having me chad i I appreciate the opportunity to talk markets and uh in in the big picture uh, i would say the dominating topic this week has been russia's offer to allow the export of grains from ukraine uh the talk is that there's roughly 22 million tons of grain still trapped within the country and it's been very difficult to get it out while the black sea's been bottled up with mines and russian warships uh now that offer obviously comes with a lot of strings attached and there's a lot of skepticism uh which i have about it i i honestly don't think the agreement will go through but uh, the un is pushing very hard uh to get it done and and trying to make it happen and obviously there's a big need in the world uh, for uh, uh, getting access to the, the food supplies and the grain shipments that Ukraine's holding on to. So uh, that was enough to scare traders this week. And I think that's the main thing. We saw a lot of non-commercial selling and corn and wheat really hit those prices hard. But whether this agreement actually gets pulled off or not, I still have a lot of doubts. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about some of the commodities specifically and maybe how they connect to this, too, because, the, you know, the wheat market looks like it had a 40-cent range today. Kansas City did end up 20 in the July month. Uh, it, again, is that kind of the give and take? Does the, does the market believe Russia? Does the market not believe Russia? Is that what's going on for the wheat, do you think? Um, for, for wheat, yes, uh, that, that's pretty much it. And I think we're starting to see a little bit of cooler heads prevail here in the up move that we saw on Thursday. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, that, that loss that we saw earlier this week eventually comes back. Um, it, as I say, it's going to take time. There's, uh, some meetings that are scheduled to take next place next week between Russia and Turkey. We'll see how that goes. It looks like Turkey is maybe a a reluctant participant in trying to help the agreement happen. But uh, I'm I'm not sure how eager they're going to be to try to be the one that clears the mines out of the Black Sea. So there's uh, still a lot of obstacles in the way and uh, plenty of uncertainty ahead. Uh, for the wheat traders. Mm-hmm. So the the story about spring wheat in the Northern Plains and, and Canada, is that a big enough story to have an influence or is it all a focus on the Black Sea region? Um, no, that also is definitely part of the uh, bullish drive behind wheat. Now, those weather concerns, uh, whether it's the, the difficulty getting spring wheat planted in the north or the drought that we've had in the southwestern plains, those bullish concerns uh, largely were set aside this week by the, the Russia-Ukraine story, but they're still very much part of the picture. And in the bigger picture, they're also one of the reasons I still expect world wheat supplies to be tighter in the year ahead than they were even at the finish of last season. Okay. Uh, and it seems like also uh, having a big impact, uh, these storylines that we've talked about in, in the corn side of things. Now, a much more subdued corn market today, mixed. New crop was up a couple of pennies. Old crop was down a couple of pennies. Um, you know, why the mediocre move in corn today, would you say? 
Yeah, you, you would expect maybe corn would rebound with wheat. But at the same time, we've got the Ukraine news going on for corn. We also have the harvest uh, starting to get underway in central Brazil for that second corn crop, uh, which is a, a big, important corn crop uh, in Brazil. And we've seen a very dry forecast in central Brazil for a long time. Uh, we uh, were really expecting uh, this corn crop to suffer quite a bit. But the early indications are actually that uh, central Brazil's corn might be doing better than expected, or at least better than advertised earlier. And we're seeing the South American price in Brazil uh, break to new lows, new one-month lows this week, which is typically uh, when that happens at the start of harvest. Uh, you have to think that maybe there's some local talk that harvest is looking better than expected. Mm-hmm. So is that a point of concern for us here in the United States? I mean, we've had such a strong basis here uh, and strong prices. But as you look to that compared to, to new crop, is does that give you pause? I mean, should we be examining that pretty close? Well, I think pause is the right word, Chad. It's, it's going to uh, kind of maybe cool off a little bit of the bullishness that we've seen in corn really since harvest time. Uh, it's, it's the first time that uh, traders have maybe had something to set back a little bit and think that, oh, well, maybe we could start to get a little better supply to the market. Um, so I, I think pause is the right term. But in the bigger picture, um, we, we still have very strong demand here in the U.S., we had a very bullish uh, report about ethanol released just here on Thursday. The Energy Department uh, said that our ethanol production increased last week, and at the same time, our inventory fell to 23 million barrels, which is the lowest since January. So to see that kind of demand uh, in a week where the summer driving season is just getting underway and gas prices are high, obviously that ethanol is needed to stretch those fuel supplies. And uh, demand is looking very strong right now. Yeah, very quickly. Do you think there is a connection between crude oil prices and and ethanol? Uh, is that going to be a push pull going through the summer? Uh, yeah, there there is, and sometimes it's a loose correlation. It's a, not always a day to day thing, but there definitely uh, is is a uh, an influence there. And uh, in, anytime we have gasoline prices this high and supplies. Uh, this type that ethanol is really needed and appreciated in the market and that's what we're seeing this summer all right again we're visiting with todd holtman grain analyst with dtn uh coming up in the second half of our program we're going to talk about soybeans and and again especially that connection between soybeans and energy prices we'll explore that more we'll uh, take a look at the livestock complex as well it's all coming up here in the second half of the fontanelle final bell here on the rural radio network If you need flexibility in your seed program, you've found it with Fontenelle. Chad McDaniel is a Fontenelle dealer at Roka, Nebraska. I'm confident Fontenelle has five to six different hybrids that'll work in about any geographic location in Nebraska. Our genetics and the hybrids are specifically selected for this region, and that helps us give the flexibility that our customers need. To find out more about becoming a Fontenelle dealer or about products, go to Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide labels. RVM. 
Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. Again, I'm Chad Moyer and joined today by Todd Holtman, DTN Grain Analyst. Uh, Todd, in the first half of our program, we covered wheat, we talked about corn, uh, but let's spend some time on soybeans. Uh, uh, today at the uh, settlement, soybeans showed the, the biggest advance in the grains, 20 to almost 40 cents higher in the nearby. Uh, uh, your comments on soybeans, what was that play in the beaners today? Chad, I, I just cannot imagine a stronger demand scenario than what we have for soybeans at the moment. I mean, uh, it really started earlier this year when South America got hit by drought. Brazil's crop got hit by drought. Argentina's crop is almost at the end of harvest now, and they've been limited by drought. And that drove more export business to the U.S. Uh, at the same time, the, the demand from China has been as strong as ever. Uh, our export activity has been quite uh, strong this year. And then on top of all that uh, good news for the U.S. farmer, we also have uh, basically a revolution in the process of making diesel uh, in the renewable diesel product. And that has given a real shot in the arm to soybean oil demand. And that's what we're really seeing push uh, prices higher again here lately with diesel prices expensive and pushing to new highs even again here on Thursday. Demand for soybean oil continues to go up and that is a big support of the soybean oil price in general. Yeah, and you know, talk about the development of that renewable diesel. We've just starting to is starting to see some uh, reports that are really confirming what has been talked about for quite a while, and the fact that crushes up and a lot of that oil is in fact going into the renewable diesel market, huh? Yes, uh, the plant expansion uh, over the past year has been phenomenal. Our, our capacity of producing renewable diesel is up 86% from a year ago. Uh, we just got a statistic earlier this week that showed that the amount of soybean oil used to make biofuels increased to 908 million pounds in the month of March. That's the second highest monthly total ever uh, that we've used soybean oil to produce uh, biofuels. So. Uh, this is a, a story that's uh, long from over. I, I equate it to the ethanol boom for corn as the new renewable diesel uh, boom for soybean oil. Yeah. Now I haven't been in. I haven't followed commodities as long as you have, Todd. But I've been in it long enough to know that you know you you can't just watch this blindly. Are are there things that could derail this? Do you think? I mean, you should be watching for a lot of things. But what what should we definitely keep our eye on to make sure that we're actually you know doing something and not just watching this market? Yeah. Well, of course, uh, if the market does tend to get nervous about things, it's usually outside market influences. We saw. Uh, earlier, well, in the month of May, we saw an 1100 drop point in the Dow Jones uh, when we start talking about higher interest rates and inflation problems. Uh, and those types of things uh, definitely can hit the market and add to volatility uh, from time to time. But uh, overall, as far as the soybeans go, there's not a lot of bullish threat on the board at the moment. I would say uh, maybe corn and wheat are more vulnerable due to the unpredictability of events in Ukraine. But uh, the, the soybean situation, it's uh, pretty firm right now. Yeah, very good. All right. Uh, Todd, before we run out of time, let's quickly sit, uh, switch gears, go over to the mercantile. And, and we've seen uh, some green days for the cattle complex here the last couple of days. That's uh, that's different. That's good to see, isn't it? Yes, it's quite a reversal. Uh, and and uh, cattle producers will be quick to point out that, well, you know, that's on the futures board. That's not in our cash price. Uh, our cash prices haven't looked so good again this week, roughly $2 lower 
uh, in the north. And so we continue to have this dichotomy of we have heavy liquidation of cattle going on with expensive corn prices. We've had expensive hay prices uh, and, and all types of things working against uh, uh, those that are, are uh, raising cattle, uh, making that whole operation much more expensive this year. But at the same time, we've had such a liquidation of beef cows that it, it's just a matter of time before we start seeing less cattle numbers available uh, down the road here. And I think the futures market is starting to get a little hint and whiff of concern about those lighter numbers that will eventually come. Yeah, and, you know, we talked about it with soybeans. You start talking about capacity. There's talk of a lot of additional capacity coming for the cattle, and and hopefully that'll uh, affect the other half of the conversation, the cash price in the future, huh? Yeah, and very encouraging to hear the news uh, of uh, another processing plant being uh, mapped out here in Rapid City, South Dakota. Uh, could be one of the biggest in the country, it looks like. Uh, so uh, all those things are positive uh, and uh, much better looking forward. But in the, in the meantime, it's still uh, a very tough market to navigate. Yep, Todd, for folks that would like to follow along with what you do and, and see some of the analysis that you work up, uh, how can they follow along? Uh, well, we do have our uh, free public website, website dtnpf.com. That's DTN, the progressive farmer. Or you can always email me at todd.holtman at dtn.com. I'll be glad to talk markets with you. Very good, Todd. As always, it's great to have you on the program with us here today. Todd Holtman, grain analyst with DTN on today's Fontenel Final Bell. Again, a reminder, commodity futures trade involves substantial risk of loss, may not be suitable for all investors. That is today's Fontenel Final Bell. It's brought to you by Fontenel Hybrids and your local Fontenel dealer. Here on the Rural Radio Network, I'm Chad Moyer reporting.